Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, how's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Well, do me a favor while you're clapping, give those that are watching us right now live online a welcome and welcome them into our time of worship. And uh, I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, listen, today you're in for a special treat and I don't want to uh, really rob any more of his time. But let me just say uh, this past Friday night, which by the way, there we go, our lights are a little finicky sometimes. But by the way, Friday night was an amazing time. And uh, on Friday night, we had the opportunity to gather with our marriage night. And I think we actually have a couple of quick uh, pics from some of our uh, couples and just an amazing time. It was a beautiful venue. Most importantly, it was an incredible night of impact and hope and encouragement, a lot of practical uh, wisdom that was shared on uh, Friday night. And so we just want to say thank you to everybody who attended. And if you couldn't make it, you want to make sure that you participate participate in the next marriage, marriage night that we have because I'm telling you it's an incredible opportunity just to be refreshed but also an opportunity to meet and connect with other couples as well. And uh, some of you may have noticed somebody that kind of like stood out on stage for a, like a brief moment. There's like this cameo appearance of this lady wearing pink. It was like who is she and and where did she come from and where did she go? Well, that happened to be Cindy O'Dell, who also happens to be uh, his much, much better half. Come on, somebody. So uh, you know what I'm saying. All the guys married up, right? So, uh, but we are honored. Thank you so much for um, just stepping into the moment and uh, having a way of just letting God use you, Cindy, to uh, speak to our hearts and to uh, what a powerful, powerful compliment to our team and to that song that was so powerful as we just celebrated and acknowledged and worshiped the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, listen, today I, I, I just am uh, just really about to bust out of my skin. I'm super excited for you to hear from my dear friend, Shannon O'Dell. In fact, we have known the O'Dells for many, many years. I'm sure Shannon will speak to that maybe even more so specifically here in just a moment. They've been longtime friends. Uh, Shannon has even served on an advisory board with among other pastors that have just kind of acted as overseers to help navigate and give spiritual guidance and wisdom to me as a pastor. I believe every pastor needs a pastor. And, um, and he has played that role on many occasions for me through the years. And so uh, I just cherish their friendship. I cherish the fact that um, I can look to someone like him and to uh, his wife, Cindy, and really not only just receive from them, but also just learn from them. God is using them in northwest, northwest Arkansas in an incredible way. They have three locations plus a campus online, and God is using them in an amazing way to impact northwest Arkansas through their church that they founded. They began from scratch, just like we did, called Brand New Church. And they're all about brand new things, introducing people to a brand new way of life in Christ Jesus. So with that said, hey, would you do me a favor? Hey, I like to do it this way. Let's all stand to our feet and let's give Pastor Shannon O'Dell a warm round of applause. 
Hey, let's give honor where honor is due to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. I mean, if I lived in a place that's always sunny and had Disney World, I'd be yelling and screaming right now. Hallelujah. Take your seat. I'm so honored to be here, Pastor Rodney, Michelle. Let me just say, since 1994, uh, I haven't known Michelle that long. I'm not sure she was born then, but Rodney was. And uh, I've known Rodney Gage, and uh, he came and actually uh, um, had an event. It was my first time as a full-time student pastor having a student event and the school assemblies and kind of the whole deal. And uh, Rodney Gage was the speaker. Other than being extremely attractive, Rodney did an amazing job. 500 students showed up, 141 students prayed to receive Jesus Christ. And I will never forget that as long as I live. 63 baptized over the next few weeks, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, when he moved to Orlando, I really wanted to be his friend. I was like, I really want to be your friend forever now. Um, I, I, I do mean this with all of my heart. And uh, I have some friends with me, and, and Corey and Kristen, and Corey's been with me several times the last few months. There are a few places that you go with the integrity, the longevity, um, the consistency, the faithfulness, and also the mantle in the home to carry effective ministry. And at Rethink Life Church, you have two of the best that I know of in America. And I just want to say that from the bottom of my heart. I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's skirt especially Rodney's skirt. I'm not blowing it up. any. I'm telling you, the truth is out. And I'm so honored and so privileged um, to be here and to be able to share God's Word. Matter of fact, I, I get to jump right in your series, The Habits of Happiness. So if you got a copy of God's Word, it's because you're going to heaven when you die. Open it up. Philippians is where we're at. I'm sure it's the last week of the series. Why? Because you're out of verses. Jump in. Here's where we're at. We're in Philippians chapter 4. I know you love Philippians. I know you've been just unbelievably blessed by it. We're going to focus on verse number 19. We're going to talk about two key words, and then we're going to give practicum to allow you and I to, to grow in it. If you look at verse number 13, which you did, I believe, last week, all of us love it. All of us can quote it. Majority of us, even people who don't know Christ or aren't church regularly can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me what? You know it. The great part is this, that verse is awesome in the bathroom walls for some decor, right? It's like, I got this. Or give it to your kids, ball team, you, you, you can use it as a painting. The crazy part in context is you, you go on and you can see what God gives you strength to do. Look at verse number 14. It says, even so you've done well, I'm reading out the New Living Translation, well to share with me in my present difficulty. Okay, we know he's in prison, we know the story, we know the, the inspiration. We know the inspiration that this book to Philippi is going to be for the, the, uh, the rest of the New Testament, the New Testament churches that are being established. And you look at verse number 15, as you know, Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help. Now I'm going to hit pause here because that's what I do. I have ADHD as I read the scripture. I'm always hitting pause in the middle of it. We just got done with one of your favorite verses and roll into one of your least favorite topics. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength financial. We done. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
preacher talking about money after he gives me this epic verse to make a painting with, and then all of a sudden we're jumping right into financial. Isn't it crazy? Here's why. Here's why. Look at the remainder of it. It says, financial help when I was brought to the good news, the gospel, and where my travel location was. And here's what it says. I love this in verse 15. No other church did this. Whoa. You mean there's tightwad churches? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it says this in verse 16. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me more help. You sent me more help than once. In other words, he's throwing some shade at the other church. Man, I was serving this church, and you were the ones that supported me. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, I can't even believe preachers talk like that, much less the one that wrote 14 books of the New Testament. And then he says, I don't say this because I want a gift from you. I know all's inspired by God, but I'm just saying. I think he threw a little sarcasm out there. Rather, I want you to receive the reward. And I'm going to hit pause again. Here's the deal. Every time you sow into the kingdom of God, it's eternal. God registers it. He writes it down. He notes it. How many of you want God-sized reward when you get to glory? Raise your hand. We all do. Here's the thing. Sow it into the church. The church, he's not talking about parachurch. I'm not against parachurch. We sow into parachurch. Not talking about a mission organization. I'm talking about the local church. He's even speaking about the local church. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And he, and he says this in verse number 19. It, it, it's so powerful, so beautiful. But look what he says. Rather, I'd rather you receive your reward, verse 18, at the moment I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied. Now, he's in jail in case you didn't know. Here's the thing about contentment. It's a tent. You find protection over any situation, a tent, when you learn the principle of being content. Contentment is the protection and the wondering of always wanting more. The seed of greed totally grows up right in the middle of your tent. Keep the tent, the protection of God's best. Let me just say this so you understand. If your household earns a gross income of $40,000 a year. Now, I know you don't like talking about finances, but here's the deal. I didn't write this, and it's the number one seller, best, uh, best seller of all time. Let's stay with it. God wrote it. How many love God? Raise your hand. How many love his word? Don't be mad at me. I know I got a girl's name. You've been confused the whole time. We were waiting on this girl to show up. I'm her. I'm just saying, I know what you're saying about the whole finance. I'm going to help you with it. But ultimately, what's transpiring here is the, the Scripture is saying this. These gifts, this, this piece of the puzzle, everybody's good with the strength part. You get in the finance part, things get weird. I have all I need. Look at this. They are the, the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. This is a whole other piece of the story we don't have to talk about, but you can reread it as you roll into a few other um, epistles. It says they are sweet, the gifts, they are sweet smelling sacrifice that are acceptable and pleasing to God. I don't have time to preach this, but I'm going to tell you what a sweet smelling sacrifice is to God in the local church. It's called the tithe. The obedient gift of God. 
It's what God calls the church to when you find your storehouse. The scripture teaches this is your storehouse. By the way, can I just tell you something? If I'm in Orlando, Lake Nona, if I'm anywhere near here, this would be my storehouse. I've asked Rodney for a job to be the janitor. I'll do anything. I love this place. I love these people. And I'm telling you, you can bring people here and know they're a part of a storehouse that you can sow into that's about the gospel and the mission of Jesus Christ. And in God's word, again, don't forget we just said I can do all things through Christ. You can even tithe through Christ. Amen. You can even unbecome a tightwad through Christ in Jesus' name. Or your friend, whoever. I ain't talking about you. You're talking about people outside of here. Acceptable and pleasing. Now, here we are, verse 19. And in this, it says this, the same God who takes care of me. We're going to look at that in detail in just a moment. Takes care of me will supply all your needs will supply all your needs. If you believe God's word's true, say amen. All. Now, just because I'm afraid some may have missed it Friday night and some people online may not understand this, I'm going to give you the breakdown of the original language of the word all. For those of you that love it, and even some of you context are like, I'm not sure I understand what all means. I love a little bit of Greek. This right here is a, it's a is a present participle. It's, it's found in the, the beautiful part is the voice, the original language, the tense voice and mood of this word, all. God will supply all. You know what the word is? It actually means all. <laughs> That's it. How many want all your needs supplied? I do too. Here's the key to this verse. The only way you have your needs supplied is you have to be connected to the supply. If you want, how many of you turned on your water in your home or in your hotel? Raise your hand today. You turned on some form of water. That's connected to supply. If that house was not connected to the supply, it's not meeting all of your needs. The reason many of us never experience God's supply is you're not connected to it. How many of you turned a light switch on today? I know I'm asking rhetorical questions. I travel from Arkansas here. We're 50th in education out of 50 states. Would you just help a man out here? We were 49th, but now Mississippi, where my wife's from, went ahead of us. So she's, she's feeling really good right now. If you turn on a light switch or some form of electric today, raise your hand. Okay, it's supply. The reason you're not seeing God supplying your life is you may not be connected to the supply. He only supplies needs if you're connected to the supply. And we're going to see this principally here in, in a little bit, uh, in a few moments. It says, he takes care of me. That same God will supply all, and it's translated the best here in New Living, not all of your needs. It's all your needs. Ooh, I don't even have time to break that down grammatically. It's so powerful. It's not all of your needs. It's all your needs. All of your needs from glorious riches, which, look at this, which have been given to us from the supply chain, Christ Jesus. There's no supply. In other words, there's a supply guy and there's the dare care. And that is this, you need to dare to care enough to get connected to the supply guy. That's exactly what this text is talking about. It says the God who takes care 
of me. In other words, he's daring you to connect to the supply guy that's his, the one that takes care of me. It's a care dare, and it's a supply guy, and he wants to say, hey, do you really want to trust me and watch me do what only I can do in and through your life? And the scripture promises this, Psalms 84, 11, the Lord, look at this, will withhold no good thing. And I've seen this verse many times in there. The Lord will withhold no good thing, look at this, from those who do what is right. You got to plug in. You got to get connected to the supply. You got to know the supply guy. And you need to take the I care dare. Otherwise, guess what? You're going to be continually wondering why you're constantly struggling in your marriage, with your parenting. And this isn't just a financial principle. This is an economic principle. It's a supernatural, spiritual economics. It's, it's Jesus Economics 101. And when you're not connected to the supply guy, you are not getting your needs met. And people are like, oh, I don't really agree with that. Well, pastor already said it. When you draw near to God, he draws near to you. You're waiting on God to do something in your life that he's been waiting on you to move toward, toward him. You want to be connected to the supply. He says this, I'm waiting on you to draw near. Then he responds to that. Because when you draw near, he draws near. Everybody's praying for things and wanting some supernatural feeling and rainbows and stars to show up and care bears to fall out. It's not going to happen that way. Here's what you got to do. You got to do your part. Well, Jesus is enough. Jesus is all I need. I love Jesus and all these canned phrases. No, Jesus says this, move toward me and I'll move toward you. He's waiting on you. You look at Moses. What did it say in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 4? We see the burning bush. How many of you are praying for a, some type of streaming service in your mansion when you get to glory? Raise your hand if you've prayed that. I've prayed it. I don't want Hulu because that whole thing's a, that's junk. What a terrible streaming service. Maybe Jesus flicks something. I want it in my house. And I want it on a transparent television. You know what I mean? Like that deal at Disney where, you know, they just kind of show up. That's what I want. And I say, God, and I can flip through the Bible books, this, that, or the other. I cannot wait to sit back and watch the burning bush that did not consume the bush but was on fire. Y'all want to watch that? I want to watch them all. We got all of eternity. Turn the streaming on. It's like Jesus and chill all day long. That's what I'm going to do. I'm watching all of it. You sit back. You see all this. You see, and he says this. Everybody knows the part. It says, take off your sandals because you're standing. God speaks to him. Take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. You know it. Here's the thing. God didn't say anything to him. It says, until Moses, verse 4, for those of you that are struggling, number one, with my name, and number two, whether or not I'm scholarly accurate enough to say this. But here's what it says. It says, until Moses went over to see why the bush was on fire yet not being consumed. Once he moved, God said, hey, you're not connected to the supply. He'll supply all your needs according to, listen, riches found in Jesus. Whoa. That is some serious supply. Some serious supply. But here's what happened. At some point, here's what happens oftentimes to Christ followers. At some point, we all trusted in Christ. Matter of fact, if I ask you these questions right now, how many believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. You believe in Jesus. How, many, how about even better? How many love Jesus? How many believe that he wrote the text? By the way, I'm going to ask several questions, so just keep raising them, or if you don't agree, don't. How many believe he created the world? How many believe he holds 340 quintillion gallons of water in the palm of his hand? 
measures the universe by the breadth of his hand. End of his thumb, I mean like the massive Hubble telescope on steroids, Jesus style. Measures the universe like this. How many believe that? How many believe Jesus was God and became a man and lived on earth? How many of you believe he was born of a virgin? How many of you believe he died on a cross, rose again three days later, believe in the Holy Spirit, now lives within us? You believe that? That's powerful, powerful, powerful truth. How many believe you're going to heaven when you die? And the Bible teaches that. Here's the thing about this. You just told me you believe a woman had a baby and never had sex. You just raised your hand to that, but you won't connect to the supply by tithing? Let me just say, you believe in the virgin birth of Jesus, but you're questioning him on giving him one dollar out of ten? Virgin birth? Yeah, she didn't sleep. She had a kid. You know, I love God, but don't you dare take my dollar. Here's the thing. We got this great big God of creation and a midget God of day-to-day living. We want an intangible Christianity and not a tangible one. We want a God that's floaty and flighty and like Tinkerbell at a distance and we're not even sure he's really real. We believe in stuff that sounds like we're crazy. But when it comes to the tangible areas of supply in our life, like our marriage, our kids, praying, fasting, reading God's word, sharing his gospel, we won't even touch it. We'll go up to some school board meeting and say we need the Ten Commandments in our school and don't even know what the Ten Commandments say. Why? Because we want an intangible relationship with God where I can get on Snapchat and Facebook and talk to my old girlfriends from high school and say God knows my heart. No, he doesn't. You're not connected to the right supply. God is tangible. God is real. I felt it while I was worshiping him right now. The reason many of us don't worship him is like, I don't know the song. I don't really like it. I don't like Taylor guitars. The guy over here with two mics weirded me out. Whatever it is. Sorry about that, Ron. Either way. Why don't I get two mics? That's what I want to know. I always wonder during worship, why I can't get two mics and y'all don't stand up the whole time I preach. We just stood up during all the songs. You're just like, hallelujah, sit down to preach. Why? I'm going to switch it. Brand new church is going to be sit down during the song, stand during the preaching. Hallelujah. What is wrong with me? I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. When it comes to worship, we will choose not to. You know why? Because we say we don't like the song. The song's not for you. How many ever sing happy birthday to a brat nine-year-old? Happy birthday. <laughs> He's full, bro. I mean, you know what I mean? You sing it anyway. Why? It's for them. You don't, you don't get up here and try to sing these songs because you like it or think you sound good. Jesus is worth it and worthy of our praise. We sing it anyway. The reason you don't want to sing it is because you're not connected to the supply. You get connected to the supply, you're like, let's go. I'm singing this. I don't even know the rhythm to it. I'm extremely Caucasian. I was clapping off beat. Jesus, I love you. I'm singing it to him. Amen? Get connected to the supply. I told, I don't know who it was, Caleb, I about ran through this screen during that worship, especially with a girl in pink up here. I was like, hallelujah. 
I'm not sure you said lust during a song, but I was. It's just amazing how we try to take God. Oh, I love Jesus. I just love the Lord. $10 out of a hundy? I don't think so. Why? We want an intangible God. We want a God that really doesn't affect any area of my life. We want a God that really supplies my need, but I'm not even connected to the supply. You don't get electricity unless you have a conduit to the transformer. And you're not connected to the supply guy unless you're transformed. Metamorphosis, Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2, transformed by the renewing of your mind and giving your bodies as a living sacrifice. It starts with bodies. We won't even want to deal with our bodies. Why? We think it's not that big of a deal. It's just kind of ham. No, it's a reflection of who God is. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. There was a reflection physically. People are drawn to that. People are then drawn to the fact your mind is whole, supplied by God, renewed by God, transformed by the renewing. That's supply. The word means that exact thing. Metamorphosis. It's transformation. Then you're going to know because you're connected to the supply. Your body's right, giving him glory. Your mind's right. Then it says then, verse 2, you will know every good, pleasing, perfect will, direction of God in your life. The reason you're constantly sideways, you're not connected to the supply. Get connected. Don't let him live in the intangible areas of your life only where you kind of floaty halo over your head. Stay connected. Get plugged in. I would hate for a God not to affect my money that I said I gave my life to and believe he was born of a virgin. What? You've never even seen Jesus. And you're saying, I'm going to heaven when I die if I trust in my heart, but he's not affecting my wallet? What? The principles of my marriage? My career? The reason many of us don't have people at our office coming to know Christ is because you're a Monday morning atheist. You just say, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. You don't offend anybody by working hard. You don't offend anybody by bringing excellence to the presentation of your work with a great attitude and work harder than everybody else that brings God glory. There's so many ways that you can bring the intangible God into the social platforms of your life on social media. The reason people are sending you stuff on your social media is because you have an intangible God in the tangible areas of your life. It's time to get connected to the supply guy. Why? He supplies all of your needs. And then there's the key economic point, according to. Whoa! According to what? You don't even understand his riches and glory. You don't even understand how good it's in what bank? Christ Jesus. How many believe God has it all? How many believe God is all? How many believe he does all? What are you connected to? Your bank account? Are you crazy? I don't care if you got gazillions, squillions. He got more. He owns it all. Get co connected to him. It will change everything about your life. Jesus has three major passions that we need to be connected, that will help you know you're connected to what he's connected to. Number one is this, building his church. His word is about the church. His mission's about the church. The gospel is about what? An internal decision that changes nothing around you? No. When you're connected to the supply guy and you get saved, you are on his mission. You're on his mission. What's his mission? Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. 
And that's what this is all about. I don't know if you noticed or not, but there is a bunch of people in this community. Has anyone been to Dunkin' Donuts on a Sunday morning? Anyone? I lost my salvation in line, baptized myself so I could preach today. Now, I'm theologically completely lying right now, but I was like, what is going on in this town? And then I went to Starbucks. It was even worse. So I went back to Dunkin', and I don't know what they gave me, but I am jacked up in Jesus' name. <laughs> they said there was actually glaze in there. It feels like it. It was amazing. But I'm just saying, you know what? All those people are waiting on you to invite them. You, you should be taping Rose off. The only one that did is Chad back here. He, he got a whole section. Nobody came, by the way, Chad, but you can pull the blanket off now. Either way, keep getting them here. I, I remember we were so passionate. I was like, oh, I got six people coming. I got ten people coming. You need to invite everybody here. This is the best thing going on in Orlando right here. There's no one I trust more than the couple you have the opportunity to sit under their leadership. They're praying through it. Rodney's the most organized, detailed person I ever met in my entire life. I was like, gosh, if I had half his organization, we'd be running a million right now. Say we're running about 10, but still, we're getting there. Can I just tell you this? We are one generation away from losing the local church, and if you don't believe me, just go to Europe on a tour because they're all museums now. We sat back for two years, two years. I'm not going political. I'm going biblical. Don't get mad at me right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. We sat back for two years and let people, regardless of how you feel, tell you lies, 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 and think it's the truth. Now, some of it is. Some of it is, but you sit back and you wonder yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Listen, you keep doing that as a church. We don't know what's up from down. They are desperate to see truth. I had a church member come into my office and said, pray for me. Uh, my daughter went to the, to the counselor and said that she's a furry. I had no idea what she was talking about. And the school counselor is approaching the school board. This is in Farmington, Arkansas. Approaching the school board to put kitty litter boxes in the ladies' bathroom. Because she thinks she's a cat. Now everybody right now is going, oh my goodness. We are one generation away we've got to stand up we've got to build this thing we're not against anybody we're for somebody and when they get connected to that supply they can't wait to fall in love with who Jesus is we've got to live it we got to get connected and for two years we've watched so many crazy things go on we need to be the brightest light during the next two years or anything else that crazy that takes place or anything else we're confused by or whether your daughter thinks she's a furry or not and if you don't understand where we're headed get connected to the supply he's going to direct you give you direction for his will share the gospel change lives why because he left you here for a purpose and that is to build his church how many of you know Jesus is the boss and rescue of your life and are going to heaven when you die? Raise your hand. He gave you a gift. What for? To serve right here. I, I'm not, by the way, singing is not a gift. It's a talent. But the opportunity to serve and be a part, you know what is a gift? Get out in the parking lot. We need parking lot. You want to draw people in? I loved all of your rethink flags. I don't know how many thousand people are walking by. All of you, if you can't do anything else, I don't even care if you smoke while you're out there. Just put it behind your back, wave with the other hand, say, I love Jesus, I'm growing. Just put the dip further back in your mouth, say, hallelujah, I'm serving the church. How many of you can open 
Raise your hand. How many of you can pull the door? I know I set you up. You're like, oh, here he goes again. Here's the thing. Just serve out there. Smile at somebody. You were saved not to sit on it. You were saved to build his church. I'm taking all the claps I can get. I want to read to you the mission statement of an organization. Listen to their mission statement. To be plainly instructed and consider well that the main end of your life, your studies, your knowledge, and all is about God and Jesus Christ. That's the mission statement of an organization called Harvard University. Look it up. That was 80 years ago. Still their mission statement. In 80 years, a little bit of truth thrown out, a little bit more truth thrown out, a little bit more truth thrown out. Ah, you don't have to go on Sundays. Oh, the church isn't that important. Oh, you know, we can just do it online. Oh, God knows my heart. Oh, I don't have to serve. Oh, I don't have to do this, that, or the other. The next thing you know, you're Harvard University. That was in 80 years. Let me read another one. Listen to this one. It's our mission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, meet needs in his name, and for his glory without any discrimination. That organization's the Salvation Army. When's the last time you've gone to Walmart and they shared the gospel with you before they took your money and rang bells in your ear? You think Salvation Army, ding, 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 standing at Walmart. Their mission was the gospel. Everything they did was to share the gospel. I've never heard the gospel. That was just a few years later. A few years later. Their founder, William Booth, led 220 plus thousand people to Christ himself. If you don't get passionately connected to the supply guy, you're going to miss out. I promise you, it's that fast. It's that fast. That's why we got to do everything we can until Jesus returns and get passionate. Take this care dare. Take this care dare to the next level. I mean, I've got more mission statements I can read. What about the YMCA? Their whole, their whole deal was to impact the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now it's a 1980s dance hit on a cruise ship. It's going to be the local church. Oh, man, I can go at home. Oh, man, I can just get connected to the supply. And here's how you know you're connected to the supply. You're pouring into it. Don't let Thessalonica do it. Don't let Colossae do it. Let Rethink do it. Pour into the mission that he is so passionate about. Let me tell you real quickly in closing two more things that's the theme of Jesus. One is the church. Number two, as you've already seen, is money. Money. Jesus spoke more about money than heaven or hell. And every time I get to the point on money, the music people always leave. It's interesting. I don't know why. Number two is money. 15% of Jesus' recorded words were about money. 2,350 verses on money. 11 of 39 parables about money. We just read, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The next verse is the word financial. If you want to know the direct correlation between the supply guy and you is your finances.
It takes money to do ministry. It takes money to communicate so much. I mean, you see it so many times. Luke 12, 21 says, So is he who lays up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. Whoa. Whoa. So powerful. These are the mission statements of Jesus. Because your finances moves your focus, which lets you know you're connected to the supply guy, which then lets other people know, especially yourself, who you follow. And when that transpires, it changes everything. It literally changes everything in your life. And lastly, his message is this. It's the church. Look it up yourself. This is, this is Jesus. Can, I know I'm connected to the supply when I'm passionate about what he's passionate about. He's passionate about the kingdom. He's passionate about you giving first. First, the tithe, ma'asar in the original language. That means the tenth. There are people, again, that struggle with this. I, I've said it so many times. I even mentioned it Friday night, and that is this. The New Testament church didn't just tithe. They gave everything they had. They sold it all and gave it to the church. And if you start with the tenth, I promise you this, it changes your perspective on life. And the last thing he constantly talks about is this. And this is all about connected to the supply, and that's faith. It's the church, it's resources that communicate priority, and it's faith. And I'm not talking about saving faith here. I'm not talking about saving faith. I'm talking about, again, what we talked about at the very beginning. Tangible action that communicates a relationship with an almighty God. And matter of fact, the scripture says this in the book of Hebrews, and I love this verse in 11.6. It says this. If you don't have this type of faith, you cannot please God. How many want to please God? I'm sure you do. You got to have faith. That's, that's stepping out. That's saying yes. I, I know I've heard just a little bit about the vision of Rethink Life. I've been honored to be in Rodney's life and, and an advisory role and hearing all the great things. I know that you guys have some unbelievable imagined vision to get you to December to a goal, I believe, of a half a million dollars. I know this, in this room right now, in this room, just those of us in this room, if you began, if we began to just tithe, not give, just tithe, you would have more money than you could spend. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. I pastor a church in a town of 680, a town of 407, and now 5,514 people is our third campus. I gave this same exact challenge to our church, and I said, I'm believing God to raise $100,000, which was a lot for us. And then the next year, I said 125. The next year, I said 200. Little bitty church. And one offering, we took up $686,000. I can't imagine what you could do with Disney money. I can't imagine. Average income of our Boone County residents, the average household earning income is $36,800. And I'm just saying, that was over and above the tithe. 
I cannot even begin to think what you could do. And you're like, man, it's, you know, the, the church, somehow we want to separate this deal. He, you're Thessalonica. You're Colossae. There's nine churches mentioned right at the beginning of the ministry of the New Testament. You're one of those. Today, until Jesus returned, guess what you got to do? Connect to the supply guy. Connect to the supply. Then he supplies the riches. And you realize money is not something that you own. You just have an opportunity to manage it for his glory. And he works on 90% commission. Who would go to that job? 90% commission, anything you sell. Hallelujah, I'm in. What do we do? We say, oh, you know, man, that truck. Oh, you know, my house payment. You're going to stand before God. He says this, when you begin to connect to my supply, you receive my kind of reward. I want to give you a challenge. I got about four more pages of notes, but I'm done. I just want to connect you to the supply guy. Here's the reason most people don't tithe. Here's the reason most people have an intangible relationship with God, even though he's a tangible God in a real relationship with us. Here's why. Here's the honest truth. You've never been saved. I'm not here to encourage you to doubt your salvation. I'm not here to encourage you to do that. And people are like, oh man, the devil's wanting me to doubt my salvation. No, the devil wants you to think you're saved. He's all like, oh, don't worry. Don't examine yourself. Don't test yourself. Don't see if you're really in the faith. No, you are. You were saved. You were baptized when you were nine. But you don't tithe. You don't share the gospel. There's no evident fruit in your life. You're not serving this church. You're here for one reason. You're like, well, at least I'm here. Here's why you're here. To get saved today. To get connected to the supply guy. And then if you are saved, you're like, man, I'm confident I'm saved. Start by this. Give the supply back to the supply guy that he's only asking for $1 out of 10. But you, you're not even going to want to tithe, much less share until you settle this one issue. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you a question. And I'm asking you to close your eyes and bow your head for this reason. This is just a moment to kind of have an intimate moment in a large crowd. Would you just slip your hand up right now if you'd say, Shannon, the Spirit of God's speaking to me. I'm not sure I'm saved and I want to settle it right now so I'm certain I go to heaven when I die. Just slip your hand up real quick. I see it. Anybody else? I see it right here. Thank you. Anybody else? Just slip it up. I'm going to settle that. Here, here's what I see it right there, sweetheart. Thank you. Somebody else? Pray this prayer. This prayer will not save you, by the way. The intent of your heart to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life is, is what saves you. Just say this. This is Romans 6.23. Just say it in your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. I repent of my sins. I turn from my way. I'm giving you full control take hold of my life. I'm ready to live for you. In Jesus' name, with no one looking around, if you just prayed that minute, raise your hand real quick. Awesome. Anybody else? You can put it down. I see it. Thank you so much. You can put it down. Anybody else? Pastor's going to tell you what you need to do to follow up on that. Now, the rest of you look this way. The six or seven hands that were just raised, they're out. The rest of you, tithe today. So in today. No excuses. Let me tell you how the tithe works. You made a thousand bucks, give a hundred. You're like, was well, that on gross or net? You want to be grossly blessed or netly blessed? That's up to you. I want gross rewards. I mean, like gross, like golly, I got a lot. Who wants that? Anybody want that? Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I do. 
That's why I went in the lightning lane for days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm paying more to get, get more, right? I'm not giving to get, but I know this. God said, I didn't say it. He said, I'm the one that gives reward. And I know they're going to take up the offering, and you give digitally or however all you do that. I'm just saying today's the day. Why? Because I believe this all in my heart. I can't wait to get the call from Rodney. He said, hey, we didn't hit half a million. We hit a million. We're seeing the greatest days in our life financially. Why? Because if we just do it right here, it's going to change this place. You know what else is going to change? That lost person that needs Jesus. Because all these seats are not for you. They're for those who have not yet attended. Father, thank you. We love you. We praise you. I cannot wait to see how you're going to continue to grow your mission in this amazing fellowship called Rethink Life. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you enjoyed Pastor Shannon today, would you give him a round of applause and thank him for speaking to our hearts and challenging us. Thank you so much, Shannon. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.